can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. But is that something that you've ever used yourself in the past, carbon dioxide? Not personally. I've seen it a couple of times, but yeah. I focus on residential. Yes. Uh, actually, I've got my CPO upgrade uh, or uh, renewal coming up, so I've got a, I've booked in to do that course later this month, I think. Um, uh, so that's the commercial pool. So I am certified for them. Mm-hmm. So I, I just prefer residential. Uh, I prefer being able to speak to the person who can make a decision there and then rather than have to wait for, you know, wait for it to go in front of a strike committee or a decisions board or something will take a month and each have their own view and want to wait on 16 quotes to come in. Mm. Uh, I just like to get the job done, get it fixed, move on to the next one. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, alternatives. Um, myself, you know, using hydrochloric acid. Mm-hmm. This is something that I've I've been using personally for a long time with our business and the um, the employment prior. Um, but my very first employment, they were using sodium bisulfate. Yeah, is that you've used yourself in the past? Uh, yes, I have. I prefer the liquid acids. Mm-hmm. Uh, we use hydro, uh, hydrochloric, hydrochloric acid or muriatic, as they might call it. Normally comes in 28%, but you can also buy a 14% diluted version for use in acid feeders because it's not as harsh on the tubes. Yes. Um, another thing that we use is sulfuric acid. Now, especially when it's stored or an acid feeder inside an enclosure, because the fumes from the hydrochloric can cause a lot of corrosion. Yes. Uh, I had a chlorinator that I installed, and it came with a special little uh, uh, breather lid for the acid drum with a tube getting all the fumes outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it took about six months for the PCB on that chlorinator to corrode out and start having problems. Uh, and the manufacturers tried to put it on me, saying, oh, I used the wrong type of acid, it's Peter's fault, blah, blah, blah. And I turned to him and said, well, I've used the, uh, the lid that you recommend that says it doesn't work with the problem, so you're saying your lid's fault. And he very quickly stopped the place under warranty and moved off. Um, but now I only use, uh, well, for a while now, I only use the, what we call no-fume or sulfuric acid. Yes. So not a big fan of dry acid because yes. it's always windy here, or very rarely is there no wind. And if you get some of that dust off it and it blows onto your skin mm. and it's wet, it basically can be perspiration or splashing. As it dissolves, it forms liquid acid and it can sting, it can burn. So for a safety point of view, I prefer liquid because it's much more controllable. 
Right, okay, yes. Yep. Uh, and I've always got some uh, 20 litre. Uh, that's how much is 20 litres? Maybe a touch under five gallons. Five gallons ish. Yep. Uh, always got a couple of those on the, on the vehicle. Uh, I also have five litre. Uh, a litre is about a quart. So um, mm. that a gallon and a bit uh, of um, hydrochloric. Because I don't believe in carrying open containers of chemical, especially liquid chemical, from my vehicle to the pool. I like it to be a sealed container. Yes. And a 20 litre or five gallon container, it gets heavy by the end of the day. <laughs> so I've got some five litre ones, just refill yep. them in the workshop. I've got proper taps and proper catchment to, to deal with that and just saves my back. Yeah, definitely. Um, the open containers, I have seen people try to carry open containers of chemical and then the customer's dog comes up to say hello and you never know if that's going to get splashed or if it's going to try to sniff the chemical. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know if you've ever caught a whiff of the fumes of hydrochloric acid. You yeah, don't yeah. want fiber going and sticking your nose to cause. Mm, yeah, um, pretty positive. people trip and stumble and, of course, spill chemical. And you do that with two reacting chemicals. If you do it with, you know, open container of chlorine in one hand and acid in the other, that's going to win very badly as well. Mm, yeah, definitely. So um, always carry them. Uh, dry acid is not something I normally carry at all. Yes. Um, very, very rare for me to carry it. I've got a drum of it in the workshop in somewhere, actually. Um, should probably start using that up so it doesn't sit there for the next 20 years. <laughs> so they're, they're my pH control acids. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yep, hydrochloric for myself. Um, again, yeah, it's, it's very easy to use. And again, yeah, you can put the lid on, continue walking to the... Um, yeah, as you said, walk into the client's pool. Um, I just tend to use the five-litre ones myself. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, very, very easy to use. But, I've um, always got 15 or 20 litres, especially <coughs> in the no-fume, because a lot of my customers have got acid fevers. Mm -hmm. Because salt water is so common over here, uh, I mentioned in a previous episode, yes. uh, 95% of my pools are salt water. Saltwater pools will always have an, incre an increasing pH. Yes. So acid fever is just a natural choice here. Yeah. Uh, for those who are willing to spend the money to buy one. But sulfuric acid, I've, I've never seen that one over here myself. Um, no, it's, it's quite common here. Some years ago, there was a concrete pool builder who was having problems with their surface. And they right. tried blaming some of the a couple of acid injector companies saying, oh, you recommend sulfuric acid, which isn't compatible with the render. Um, no, just no. There's no problem with sulfuric acid on proper render. Mm. There's a lot of stories about what happened with that. Um, right. A lot of myths. I guess it's the same in every industry in every country. A lot of people have their opinions and they state them as fact. Uh, my understanding is that they imported a very cheap render material from China and that caused the problem, not the type of acid. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's not good. So, oh, there have, there have been some, some people taking shortcuts with pool materials uh, in the past that really did end up very, very badly. Uh, model of this story? Don't buy cheap and nasty rubbish. Same as full equipment, same as chemicals. Mm. Uh, buy it at a good price, 
but there's some stuff out there that I just won't touch. Uh, when we're right. pouring from a hardware store, for example, you don't know how long it's been sitting there and with a shelf yeah. life of two to three months. Slots mm. uh, most potency quite often. So that's the main assets for, for pH control covered. Mm. Uh, what other standard balancing chemicals do you use? Uh, I mean, we use sodium bicarbonate buffer for uh, increasing total alkalinity. Yep, that's a big um, one. Soda rash is something that I don't use a lot of, the sodium carbonate. Yes. Because that will raise alkalinity and raise pH. It's very rare to have a problem with with a high pH here. Mm -hmm. uh, sorry, with a low pH here that we need to raise uh, unless somebody stuffs something up, you know, pouring too much acid. Uh, there was one common brand of acid feeder uh, quite often a system which controlled acid and injected with chlorine as well. And mm -hmm. they had solenoids, and if the solenoid valve would jam, then it could just dump the entire drum of acid into the pool oh, wow. within a day or so. So had a couple of cases with that. I'll stick with the parastorphic pump any day of the week. Yeah, yeah. Just don't have those same problems in my experience. That's one way of giving, giving the pool another acid wash, an acid bath, I guess. That was it. How was it after that? Oh, trashed. I had to um, completely rebalance. Had to bring up the, oh, let's think it was a while ago. Had to bring the soda rash on that one, bring up the pH mm -hmm. uh, and alkalinity. I think I, from memory, I had to overshoot it and then bring the pH down a bit. Right. Um, I think that all of the, the chemistry on that pool was just absolutely stuffed. Yeah. Um, interesting one I had as well, I had a pool with a fiberglass pool, and fiberglass pools for short term can handle a very low pH. Right, okay. Uh, and I had this one, and that, uh, they had this biofil biofilm in it, didn't look like white water mold, didn't look like black algae. No one could figure out what it was, so I thought, hmm, let's just nuke it with acid. So about a 20,000 litre pool, I guess it was, uh, what's that, just under just under 5,000 gallons, and after 20 litres of acid in, next day, boom, clean as a whistle. Just um, go back to waste, rebalanced everything, customer was wrapped, and yeah, yeah. did the job. So uh, the pool was actually pretty trashed already by the time I, uh, the first time I ever went there. Yeah. So that's a trip I've used a couple of times. Can't say I would do that on a rendered finish or concrete pool at any time. Yeah. I'd probably be very careful as well on vinyl line. Mm. So that was no hydrochloric out. Hey Peter. Hey? If in doubt, hydrochloric out. <laughs> Words to live by. Actually, I had one, speaking of balance, 
I had one customer call me yesterday, Friday, recording this on a Saturday. So Friday afternoon, around 3.30, mm. and I'm very, very selective about what new customers I take on. This guy, I tend to think I'm a fairly decent judge of character, and I thought, yeah, I'll give it a shot. He rang me up and he said, look, my, I'm changing all service. I've been having weekly service. Every other week, the company I use, it's one of the big companies, they postpone or cancel. He said, I've got my daughter's birthday party tomorrow afternoon and I need to pull sorted out for it. And I said, look, I can come out there. I'll be there about 5 p.m. I had a late start and it starts at 7 a.m. Uh, yesterday, so I thought, yeah, it's within my 12-hour rule that I try to stick to. And uh, so I come out there, have a look. So the first thing I'm going to do is check the chemistry. I've never seen this pool before. I'll check before I do any cleaning. I'll see what state the pool is in. And I went out there, and pH was 7.9. No surprise, I've sold pool if it hasn't been maintained for a little bit. Uh, alkalinity at 57. Calcium hardness, or yeah, calcium hardness, total hardness, uh, was at about 120, I think it was, so all alone. And he was saying, oh, look how clear the water is. I said, yeah, that's because it's completely corrosive. And explained what that meant. But then I said, you've got high phosphates. Phosphates are over 400. I said, that can cause a problem. That's past per billion. So that kind of causes a problem. Anything over 100, I treat. Because when it gets to about 120, that's the tipping point where it can start causing problems. Mm. So the reason there isn't a problem is because your chlorine is at 16.7 parts per million. <laughs> I said, this pool is absolutely not safe for swimming. What had happened, the previous guys who were out there, always use test strips. Now, I don't like test strips as a standard form of testing. Yep. They're not accurate. In this case, what it looks like is when he did the chlorine, looked at the chlorine tab on the test strip, it burnt out, burnt out the reagent. So it read as very low chlorine. So you kept trying to increase the chlorine. Mm -hmm. It was already well over 10 parts per million. And right. he showed me the previous invoices from that company, and they would always charge for chlorine. So we asked for a screenshot, laser photometer, so uh, Bluetooth across to my mobile. Uh, so I sent him a screenshot of it, which he asked for. And uh, I'd like to be a fly on the wall when he uh, called them this morning to uh, ask for a please explain. But uh, through a heap of, uh, well, did a phosphate treatment, threw in a bit of buffer, a bit of calcium. I don't like mixing the two together in too great a quantity at the same time. Yep. Uh, I had seen, I believe it's calcium carbonate form. Uh, so basically, it looks like limestone's been added to the pool. And uh, sodium thiosulfate, went back there this morning, cleaned it up, just had to add a little bit more buffer, a little bit more calcium. Uh, chlorine level was down to about 1.3 parts per million, uh, which is pretty, I was aiming for 1 to 1 1.5. Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, a very random shape pool, so it's hard to figure out the exact volume of it. Yeah, and very much a freeform shape, and um, got that right ready for the party. And uh, they he rang me about an hour and a half afterwards, and I thought, oh no, what's happened? Is it gone cloudy? Has it done something? 
And um, he said, oh, I've just been in the pool. I thought there's no skin irritation. Water actually feels really good. I said, yeah, that's because it's balanced. <laughs> um, we have major problems with some of these guys who use test strips and their, yes. their levels just aren't accurate. I don't know if you heard Wayne speak recently on one of his episodes. He concluded by ripping into anyone who uses test strips as a standard form of testing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, I'll use test strips for certain compounds I'm looking for or certain factors I'm looking for to see if they're in the water, not to take an actual measurement. For example, nitrite and nitrate, I'll use a strip just to see if it's in there. Right, okay, yes. Uh, first time at a saltwater pool, I'll put a magnesium strip in to see, right, is this a magnesium pool, mineral yep. pool, or is it just straight salt? Mm-hmm. Uh, iron I'll use. Peroxide I used to, but I haven't seen the peroxide uh, spa for a long time. They were kind mm-hmm. of popular for a bit. Uh, then there was an incident on the East Coast. I think a guy got spa lung, which is a lung uh, disorder. Um I guarantee his chemistry was out. No, no question. And then the West Australian Health Department basically said, right, peroxide is you know, not to be used in any football spot. I think they redacted it, but oh, I stopped uh, focusing as far as years ago or having a strong number as far as years ago. Yeah. Uh, just only so far I've spread myself. Uh, I learned very quickly how strongly to say no can't help you. Mm. But, uh, yeah, these guys who use the strips to test their water in pools is their main means of testing. I know it's cheap. I know it's quick. Uh, I mean, I use the Lamont Spin tester. Yeah. And the 204 series discs, they cost me about $4.50 per disc. Mm. So it's expensive, especially if you're doing 10 a day or however many. But I'll tell you the results are accurate. Yes. Uh, I like to know. Another thing with that that I like, tested phosphates, which mm-hmm. are a big problem here and always have, or for the last 10, 15 years have become an increasing problem. Yes. Uh, I also test for copper. And I don't know what copper there is in the water, not that I throw a buffer in and end up clouding the water blue or throw a calhypo in and end up staining the walls black. So uh, that's one that I always like to test for. Right, okay, yeah, no, it's good. I've noticed that they can test iron as well. Different series of disc. Yeah, different disc. So, mm. yeah. One that, um, yeah, one that I'm looking into, the other one can test for borates as well. So this is going to have to be for another episode, I think, the borate. I'd like to get Rudy along for the episode on borates. You and me both. Uh, because... Uh, they're sometimes used here. Yes. There's a lot of people who will say how wonderful they are, but the way they explain it, I can't help but think that they've looked something up on the internet, they've spoken to a mate who used it once in a customs pool, and suddenly they're an expert about it. Um, even suppliers. I had one supplier, and he said, oh, Borat's great, you try this. Gave me a a couple of bags of uh, sodium tetraborate. Mm-hmm. Added it as he, as he uh, advised, as he instructed. I could not get this white rock off my top step for months. I actually demolished the pool before, on purpose, not because of the borate, so I breathed in the backyard. Uh, but I um, could never get this white rock of 
solidified borates off the um, sodium tetraborate off the top step. The other thing I couldn't do was bring the pH down below 8.3. No matter how much acid I put into that pool, it was stuck there. So I since found out that there are other forms of borate that are better to use, but again, we'll, uh, we'll bring rudium for that one, I think. Mm. Uh, the water's never been so clear. You turn the lights on at night, and one night I went out, I actually had to stick my finger in because I thought the pool that emptied it was that clear. Wow. Um, Pretty good. Oh, I had to physically feel that there was actually water in the pool. Um, yeah. Wasn't real happy about swimming in it. It felt amazing, but I thought, you mm. know, that's a high pH, that's a risk. So chlorine is going to be largely ineffective at 8.3. Mm. Then I thought, hmm, what else is this stuff doing? So I think they're the, uh, the questions we should answer. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, to our listeners, email in. Let us know if you'd like to hear about borates. Enzymes mm. is another one I'd like to call Rudy in for. Yes. Uh, because, again, they're not that common in Australia. Same in New Zealand, yeah. yeah. Um, I think borates, they were, from what I heard, they were popular about 30 years ago, but no, nobody really knew, you know, how to, um, you know, the correct measurements, how to add them into the water, what they're going to do. Um, they were, at the time, I, I guess, quite gimmicky, um, and they never really took off, apparently. Um, just our chemical company. <laughs> and he said, yeah, they... they they can't get a hold of it themselves. So um, there is there is another chemical company, sorry, there is Biolab, I think they do. I, I know of them, yes. Yeah, I think they do a kilo, um, 2.2 pound roughly, um, container of um, borate. So this is something that I need to look into, but yeah, a lot more um, research first before I start chucking it into pools. I've, I've got a big problem with just throwing a chemical into a customer's pool to see what it does. I'll do it on my own pool, mm. but into a customer's pool, no, I I take the health and safety of people way yep. too seriously to be taking risks like that. Mm. So, um, I know... Borates, because I've, you know, I've read um, people are saying that you shouldn't exceed 50 parts per million as well, because it could possibly be toxic for animals. So it's definitely something to look into prior. Yeah, yeah. And there's a reason why there are set parameters for certain chemicals. Mm. Uh, a, effectiveness, B, safety. Um, I do know that Waterco has one product with enzymes in it in Australia. Uh, looking here at the Widra's website for Australia, they have deal with water. Um, no results for... Word inside. Oh, there we go. They've got a clearance deal on three in one formulation contains clarifier, phosphate remover, and enzyme treatment. Mm -hmm. And it's a clearance, so I'm guessing it's being discontinued. That's right. Yeah. So, um, again, I like to, if I'm dealing with um, phosphate remover and clarify fine, but how do the enzymes fit into it? So I might get the uh, rep call on Monday morning. Mm. See how we go. Yeah. Anyway, I think we've bored people enough for today. You need to get back to drinking your beer while you've uh, still got it available in your country. 
Will it still cheat? Yes. You need to go put a bloody shirt on because you'll scare the children. <laughs> it's a good one. Social League Low Carb Hazy IPA. Juicy and easy going. <laughs> At the moment. Just like me. Yes. <laughs> Let's leave it right there before it descends any further. <laughs> you have yourself a bloody good week, mate. Thank you, Peter. Um, you talk again soon. I'll be in about three minutes when we record the next episode. <laughs> 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 All right. Mate, see you soon. Have a good one. All right. Bye-bye. just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening today. I'm hoping you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, it's been a couple of wacky, crazy, screwed up years from pandemic to Poolmageddon. I just want you to know that we are all in this together. If there's anything that we can do for you, send me an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. We're here. This is your podcast. We are the Pool People's Podcast of the Pool People for the Pool People by the Pool People's Podcast. This one is about you. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Do me a favor. Click subscribe before you go. That way you don't miss an episode. 